0: it's Dr. Sandy Laura Kramers again coming from Visionary Eye Doctors. Thank you for joining us for the EYE show. I'm one of the board certified ophthalmologists or eye surgeons here and so thank you for subscribing and passing this on to friends and family. So today we're going to talk about one of the most common causes of blindness called glaucoma. It's a nerve damage of the optic nerve and when we think about the most important sense people have, most people would say that their sight is the most important sense. So obviously, the cable that connects your eyeball to the brain is crucial to keep that cable healthy. And in our previous session on this, we talked about the natural things that potentially are neuroprotective. They're protecting that cable, that nerve, and the insulation around the nerve, that cable that we have, that optic nerve, cranial nerve number two, has the nerve fiber layer and what we call myelin around it or an insulation around it. And so when we talk about glaucoma, what we're talking about is damage to the optic nerve and its insulation, its myelin tissue that leads to slow vision loss most often. There's many types of glaucoma like we've talked about before, but the most common one is called primary open angle glaucoma or POAG, P-O-A-G. And that means that the angle of the eye. We talked about this before. There's like an inner kind of... We talk about the cornea being like a dome. If we look at the cross-section of my eye, there's the cornea, the window of the eye. Behind that is the iris, what makes people have blue eyes versus brown eyes and black eyes and so forth. And then that space between the cornea dome and the iris is called the anterior chamber. And at that angle where the cornea kind of meets the location of where the iris is, is called an angle, because it's really an angle. And that angle can get narrow, and that's kind of like the sink. So what is the sink? So the angle is the sink of the eye. It goes all the way around 360 degrees. There's a sink uh, that drains the fluid inside the eye just like the sink of your kitchen. And either because of genetics, because of trauma, because of uh, genes and so forth, or uh, cataract formation, the iris can push up. Towards the dome, the cornea, and that angle can get narrow. So that happens as well. But most patients have primary open angle glaucoma, meaning it is not from narrow angle. So that's what we're going to talk about all kinds of narrow, all kinds of glaucoma today. All kinds of neuroprotective ways to protect the nerve, uh, but mostly for primary open-angle glaucoma, and we're going to go through some studies about what has been published in the realm of natural remedies. And as you all know, I'm a surgeon, and I was trained in the Western style of medicine, which means when you go to medical school, we learn about disease processes. We learn a lot about pharmacology and how it works. We rarely discuss natural chemicals, natural molecules that heal tissues. It's one of those things that most Uh, doctors in the country in the United States that are Western trained learn about it after their medical school, maybe residency, maybe post residency. You've heard me talk at length about my father, who's a cardiothoracic surgeon. He trained with DeBakey and Cooley at the Heart Texas Heart Institute. And he did not start his journey until he was probably about 55, 60 or so, where he was told he was pre diabetic. And all of a sudden he woke up and he's like, What am I doing? I'm destroying my body because I'm working so hard. And he finally went on this journey to find the natural things that heal tissue. Uh, and that's true for a lot of us. A lot of doctors don't necessarily know about the natural thing. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And there's a lot of data. So the problem with this data is that there's really not that much money for pharmaceutical companies, which are multi-billion dollar businesses, of course, and they put a lot of money into research and Uh, publishing research to kind of prove that their drug is worth it and of course presenting that data to the FDA. So when we talk about green leafy vegetables and we talk about whether caffeine is good or bad or certain types of red wine is good or bad for glaucoma or other diseases, the number of patients in these studies sometimes is limited. And the ability to do a randomized controlled perspective study, meaning we have a very good technique of how to do the clinical trial, uh, kind of following it in the future, and we have two isolated groups and the researchers are blinded to the study, they don't know what the patients are getting and the patients don't know what they're getting and you follow them for 15, 20, 30 years, that would be the best type of study. But we don't have access to that. So it's very tricky to know which one of these kind of uh, options I'm going to mention are truly worth the money or not because all of this is generally choices you're going to make in terms of what you eat, what you feed your family, what supplements you want to buy. And so it's a really kind of unclear Um, issue so where that's the issue that medical doctors sometimes have is like we'll say yeah of course eat green leafy vegetables of course don't smoke of course have maybe a little bit of dark chocolate and a little bit of red wine but the amount and who should have what and is it really worth the money we don't really have great data to hang our hat on so a lot of doctors don't even mention it because they're like well where's the study to kind of prove this but there are there are studies so I want to kind of go through that we're going to go through first we went in the last section through the most common studies the most big, the biggest studies kind of talking about the natural ways that antioxidants help like vitamin we went through all this in detail at last last podcast on this uh vitamin a all the uh b complex vitamins vitamin b1 which is thiamine vitamin b2 riboflavin vitamin b3 niacin vitamin b6 peroxidine vitamin b9 folate and vitamin b12 uh cobalamine. And we went through vitamin C, vitamin D, and vitamin E. So those are very good vitamins in vegetables, green leafy vegetables specifically, that are good for the whole eyeball, the macula, the optic nerve, and the lens of the eye. And it probably helps with dry eye, but I haven't seen any research on that or haven't done the research yet to see if that's true for dry eye. But definitely for glaucoma, macular degeneration, protecting the lens from a cataract formation, those seem to be pretty much understood to be a good idea uh, I again have not seen a very large randomized perspective controlled study with hundreds and thousands of patients followed for 20 years that has not been done but it makes total sense to me that that would be a good thing that believe it or not is actually controversial so it's another kind of uh, issue with whether you know you doctors think you should eat vegetables or not I never thought this to be an issue but as I mentioned in a previous podcast on food there is a group of doctors that are really pushing a carnivore diet, which is purely meat, as in no vegetables. And I still cannot understand that. I understand the point that you should eat protein, which is good for the whole body. And I understand that protein is very important as you get older because you start to have sarcopenia, which means the loss of muscle mass. Uh, and that's a big problem for older people. But in general, because the eye has very few muscles, we think the macula and the optic nerve don't have any muscular or uh, muscle um tissue and the lens is not muscle tissue, I still think you need vegetables. So I'm not convinced that a, carn- a purely carnivorous diet is a good idea, although I know doctors and surgeons who are very smart, who really believe that that's the case, and they really don't eat vegetables. I'm not sure what to make of that still. Anyway, that'll be another podcast. So let's go through some of the more esoteric publications that have come out. For instance, on ginkgo biloba extract. So for years, people thought ginkgo biloba was good for your health, and a lot of data was kind of not really showing that. And there's only a couple of of, pay, of kind of uh, studies that, that have shown the relationship between ginkgo biloba extract Extract and glaucoma. So let me just go through some of the data so you can just look at it and and think of it. And so there are two key ones that have come out within the last 10 years or so. The first one was Lee. Dr. Lee, uh, his team in 2013, they used ginkgo biloba extract 80 milligrams twice a day. This was for normal tension glaucoma, which I'll go through in just a moment. It was 42 patients. They did a four-year observation and eight-year treatment retrospective study and then it and and that was for 12.3 years so it's called a cohort study just a group of patients and they showed deceleration or decrease in the visual field progression in the mean deviation pattern standard deviation and visual field index but not the pressure decrease so let me go through that a little bit and pack this into a little bit more uh, understandable pieces so Now the types of glaucoma that are present, we talked about most of the studies are on on primary open-angle glaucoma, which is true. This one happens to be the first one I'm starting off is on normal tension glaucoma, which means the pressure was never higher than 21 millimeters of mercury. And so that is something that is actually a vascular issue. So when we say somebody has normal tension glaucoma, and if you don't know what type of glaucoma you have, ask your doctor, because you need to know. The primary open-angle glaucoma tends to have a better prognosis because our medications our drops and our surgeries are very good at decreasing eye pressure. And that seems to be a physical compression of the optic nerve, like you're strangling the cable that connects your TV to the wall. You're trying to like push pressure. That pressure is bad for the optic nerve, especially in the eye. And so primary open-angle glaucoma, when you decrease the pressure, that seems to protect the optic nerve. When you have normal tension glaucoma, meaning the normal pressure glaucoma, the pressure was never higher than 21, our drops and our procedures don't work as well because they generally do a good job of decreasing pressure, and that can be done in multiple ways, whether you physically decrease the input of the pressure into the system, so the eyeball is a closed system, let's say, and you have a... Uh, producing a fluid producing mechanism in the eye behind the color part of the eye called the iris. There's a part called the ciliary body and that's that produces the fluid that is goes into your eyeball. And where does that come out? Well, it usually comes out through that angle and through episcleral vessels. So kind of this drainage system around the eye. So if we decrease the pressure, we can. We generally do that by two ways. Number one is decreasing the production of fluid, and number two is increasing the output of fluid through the s- system of the eyeball. If you have normal tension glaucoma, there is a big component of the blood supply to the optic nerve, and that's a little bit more tricky to control because our drops and our procedures don't really help with that, and that's a controversial of what's going to help with that. That's where this comes in. Sometimes foods can improve circulation in your body, circulation around your optic nerve. So it makes sense to, of course, I think eat green leafy vegetables because it does do that, the antioxidants. Ginkgo biloba is a possibility. It might help. So with normal tension glaucoma, this one paper of only 42 patients over 12.3 years, partly retrospective, pretty much showed that it may help decrease the visual field progression over 12 years. But again, it's a small study. Should you go out and buy a lot of ginkgo biloba? It really depends a little bit on how advanced your glaucoma is. Talk to your doctor. They're probably going to actually have I shouldn't say that because they're probably going to have no idea. Um, but I would say it's not a bad idea. I actually kind of like ginkgo biloba. Do I buy it myself? No, I don't have glaucoma. But if I had glaucoma, would I take it? Well, let's, let's go through this. We're going to go through another study. So then there's another study with ginkgo biloba that was done in 2011. Uh 80 milligrams also twice a day compared to placebo. These are both compared to placebo. This was 30 patients again with normal tension glaucoma, four weeks. And it showed an increase in temporal peripapillary retinal flow, but not an improvement in optic cup area or nasal neurorim. So that was a randomized control trial. So that's better than the cohort study because it is randomized and it's controlled. There's a control. So the first one, I'm sorry, did not have a control. But it was only four weeks and it was only 30 patients. And so, well, is it worth it to take ginkgo biloba extract if you have normal tension glaucoma? Maybe. But again, it's not. I don't think it's a waste of money. I don't think it's going to harm you. I just don't know if it's really worth the money. And so technically what we need now is more kind of randomized controlled studies with even more patients to kind of see. But these are very expensive to do and hard to do. And I think that's the only one I could find. Uh, let me just double check here. Uh, since that was, since my original one, that's the latest one. There is one more from 20, nine, I'm sorry, 19, so there's 19 uh, 99 That was 11 volunteers over two days, and it just showed. It was a randomized controlled trial. I'm not sure even why they published this, but maybe I think it was one of the first of its kind for ginkgo biloba. It was 11 healthy volunteers, and ginkgo biloba did not help the eye pressure. But that was only over two days. I'm not sure why that was done. That was done. Another paper was published in 2016 by Dewey. Sari et al. of 40 milligrams of ginkgo biloba extract twice a day versus placebo. This was a randomized controlled study of 40 patients over six months. And they also showed a significant improvement in plasma oxidative stress markers, uh, which are listed in the paper, maladiethanide and glucathione peroxidase and they had a statistical significant improvement in the visual field defect, the visual field pattern standard deviation, as well as a superior and inferior nerve fiber layer thickness compared to placebo group, but there was no change in the pressure. So that's possible that it does help and it is helping from the vascular component component for these normal tension glaucoma patients. The parameters I'm talking about with the visual field are the ways we determine if someone's getting worse or not based on pattern standard deviation, mean deviation from normal. So we have a group of normal patients, a database, a huge database that's been done by different companies of normal nerves at certain ages. And the technologies we have in pretty much every eye doctor's uh, practice in terms of a visual field test, what's called an HRT test, Heidelberg Retinal Heidelberg Retinal Tomography, HRT T. There's different types of OCT, uh, optical coherence tomography. These are kind of slicing pictures of the optic nerve to determine the thickness of that insulation, like I mentioned. So when we do these studies, they're comparing it to kind of normal data. And so it seems that like it does help. With normal pressure glaucoma, the pressure is an issue because, as I mentioned, it's very hard to decrease that pressure because you're technically already normal. So going from like say, you know, 15 to 14 might make a difference, but it doesn't necessarily, is not statistically significant between a control arm and a case arm, the case where the patient's getting the ginkgo biloba. So if it says the pressure did not work, it doesn't mean too much to me in normal tension glaucoma patients. If there was a ginkgo biloba study with primary open-angle glaucoma, I would pay more attention if the pressure did not drop, because we do need it to drop in in patients to get protective effect. Okay, there's a couple more on ginkgo biloba that I just want to go through with you. And 20... Uh, Let's try to see if we can go for the earliest one. 2003, uh, Quaranta had a randomized controlled study, again, of 40 milligrams, but this was three times a day compared to placebo. 27 patients with normal tension glaucoma. Uh, It was four weeks was treatment and eight-week washout, which means they didn't have the medication, and then four weeks treatment, and it was a prospective study. And it showed visual field indices improved significantly without change in uh, in intraocular pressure and IOP, intraocular pressure. So another positive study. Another study was done in 2007, ginkgo biloba extract. It was a total of 240 milligrams, I think over two or three uh, times a day. 15 healthy volunteers in the ginkgo group versus placebo was actually no sorry it was a single administration it was a randomized controlled study so it was done once and they followed it i think over a period of maybe a few hours and they showed retinal blood flow did not differ in both groups optic nerve head blood flow significantly increased, which is good, in response to the ginkgo biloba versus baseline. That was statistically significant, and this is in healthy volunteers that did not have glaucoma. So that was 2007, and it was a one-time dose of 240. So that kind of showed, even though it was a very small group of patients, 15, that it probably does help the blood flow around the optic nerve, which is a good result. 2011, Park at all did a ginkgo biloba extract 80 milligrams twice a day versus com- placebo. That's a randomized controlled trial of 30 patients with normal tension glaucoma, four weeks, and they showed a statistically significant increase in blood flow at almost all points except for the superior nasal peripapillary area, in comparison to the placebo. They didn't get it without noticeable changes in the visual field. So they showed again improvement in the blood fo- flow of the whole. When we have an optic nerve, let's say you're looking at a water hose, you're seeing the top part, the bottom part, the part near the your right hand, the part near your left hand. We say nasal near the nose, temporal near the ear, and those showed improvement in blood flow all around that optic nerve, except for the part that was kind of higher towards the nose part. So for whatever reason, I would have to understand the. Uh, kind of vasculature of the nerve better to understand maybe why that didn't happen. But generally, it was a positive result. And then in 2012, Shim et al., Dr. Shim et al., did ginga extract 80 milligrams twice a day, uh, or they used something called Vecinium myrtillus anticyanoid extract 60 milligrams twice a day. And they compared 332 patients. This was a case control study in normal tension glaucoma. And so they basically compared the two versus no medication. So there are three groups, and it was a retrospective two-year study. They showed that both the anthocyanins and ginkgo biloba extract were associated with improved visual function in patients with normal tension glaucoma. And then the last one is GUO in 2014, which is a ginkgo biloba extract versus placebo, uh, 40 milligrams three times a day. It was a randomized controlled trial, which we like. 35 patients with normal tension glaucoma in two groups the treated and non treated. Again, it had a four week Uh, Treatment eight-week washout where they didn't take the medication and four-week again. It was prospective and it showed no effect on the visual field, mean defect, or contrast sensitivity. So that was a negative uh, finding. So just so you know, those are everything I could find with ginkgo biloba. And I'm not necessarily recommending it, per se, to patients in general, but maybe if you have normal tension glaucoma, it's probably not a bad idea to take it. And it's good for other things too. Uh, I think they've been showing, showing, you know, help with just your general immune system with ginkgo biloba. But again, it's going to take years to prove this in terms of the full effect of it. So that's ginkgo biloba. Okay, we're going to go through one more, and then we'll do a separate podcast on the other ones because this is getting long. Uh, let's just quickly talk a little bit about black blackcurrant uh, anthocyanide extract, 50 milligrams per day versus placebo. This was a study done in 2012 by Oguro. This was a randomized controlled study of 38 patients with primary open-angle glaucoma, the two groups, treated versus untreated, two-year prospective study. And there was a less, uh, th- this was a positive study, meaning there was less visual field mean deviation, deterioration, and increased ocular blood flow was seen in the treated group. So that's a positive study. Again, should you go out and buy blackcurrant, uh, anthocyanide or extract or seed extract, 50 milligrams per day, it's only 38 patients, so this is the only one I could find on that. We use black currant oil, or we recommend it for dry eye. Some patients have noted to help have help with that, and also there's been some studies to say it's not a bad idea, so that's a possibility. And then we'll do one last one. Let's do Korean red ginseng administered orally three times a day as 1.5 grams. There was a study in Korea by Kim in 2010. It was a randomized controlled study. Twenty, 36 primary open angle glaucoma patients, 12 weeks. Uh, treatment, eight weeks washout, 12 weeks again. And basically, the ocular blood flow improved significantly during treatment phases when compared to baseline. That was statistically significant. So, the blood flow improved with the Korean red ginseng administered three times a day. Uh, it was 101.5 grams. But there was no change during placebo phases, so they checked it with treatment versus not treatment. And then it says, basically, the pressure and visual field did not change significantly. So again, why are we treating these patients? We want, of course, the visual field not to get worse. That means your vision, your loss of vision to not get worse. So is that worth it? That's questionable. That's it. So we're going to stop there and go on to the other ones. Actually, let me mention one last one because it's in this page. Let me just make sure this is a different one. Yes. So the same group I mentioned, the black currant in tablet form, the anthocyanins extract. This Dr. Oguru had done that paper in 20, 2007 and again repeated 2012. The first time he did it, I think, was a different group of patients, but it was 30 uh, normal tension glaucoma patients. It was follow-up of six months. This was the original pilot uncontrolled study, and that's why he went on to the further uh, randomized controlled study. But just so you've heard it, ocular blood flow of the optic nerve head and its surrounding retina and plasma endothelin endothelin one um, significantly increased. It was statistically significant, but no changes in the pressure or visual field. So again, if you're trying to improve the blood flow and hoping that will improve the visual field, that's a great potential option, but we still don't have proof that with at least black currant seed and Korean ginseng, it helps with the visual field long-term. So just keep those in mind. We're gonna go through a whole, bu- whole, bunch, mo- whole bunch more. Um, it's amazing how much studies have been done that I've never heard of because we don't generally look at the natural ways to help disease, which is wrong. We should do that and we should do that more. Um, but anyway, thank you for everybody for tuning in please subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel and to our podcast. Please pass it on. Please continue to send your suggestions. And thank you to all the patients that come to see us daily at Visionary Eye Doctors. Mention the podcast, give us suggestions. I do take it seriously. I write them all down. And we're just going to plow through your questions on podcasts. Thank you again for joining us. Have a good day.